0: Cape Talk. Cape
1: Talk, the open line. Call 021-446-0567. So let's go
2: straight to your call, shall we? Silly in Camps Bay. How are you doing, Silly?
1: Okay, good morning. Well, we are cleaning the sooth everywhere. I know. But uh, <clears throat> you know, Kino, Yeah. everybody is talking about the arrested person as, as if this one particular person caused the whole hamos here yeah this is not it's because um we're looking for to say somebody is to blame but the issue is the following number one you know the the homeless people uh, have nowhere to eat i feed some people even though with the COVID is difficult you have to pass it on the other side of the gate etc but the city should have little areas, kitchens, that they can come and make their hot tea or um, soups or food or something. Not just to give them. Maybe areas where the empty building that somebody will man it. And I'll tell you what happened. A few days ago, a friend of mine phoned the city and they said, hey, three uh, homeless people making fire right next to our home. It's in the forest. And the um, police or the fire engine, I don't remember what did they say, they say, yeah, have a heart. Ever heart for these people that have nowhere to to it does not solve the issue it 's almost like your son needs a drug, and shame he is now craving it no, no doesn't mean that giving allowing to make fire on the mountain for homeless people it 's like giving your son the drug because he craves it. No, we have to look for other solutions, and the city must come to the uh, and help us with this, but we there is not. It's not allowed anymore to make fire on the mountain. I think the, the picture. I'm at UCT since uh, like the last 35 years. Yeah. The pictures of the of the library going on fire just broke my heart. I was sitting here. It's unacceptable. And going to UCT, and you know, we spoke yesterday with a fire expert, and he said that a, a lot of the um, issues of the fire at UCT buildings were the uh, the. Um, result of uh, UCT negligent. Because I want to know, and as part of the community of UCT, who is the maintenance person at UCT? When is the last time the roofs were cleaned? Because That's it what Dr. Klatsa
2: Clats- was asking yesterday, yes.
1: Exactly. Why was it not clean? Why is it not... And, you know, maybe... Somebody got the job without a list of what a true maintenance person should do.
2: And I do think you see it's silly, I mean we can point fingers, right? And I think it's No, impo- not
1: pointing fingers. it's just that we, we try no, no, no. to be nice and everybody trained properly. No, no, but
2: you're right. I mean, what I'm saying is, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think that uh, Klatso was asking for a full investigation yesterday. He also spoke about the pine trees and the fact that yes. um, was there a proper break, etc., etc., etc. He says these things all need to be looked at. And he says those pine trees are just waiting to burn. They love burning. And, um, you know, you asked about cleaning of the the roof of the library and yeah. other buildings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to say it was UCT's fault. I would like to get an investigation that looks into all of this, asks the key questions, and then gives us the objective fact on which we can make those comments, right? But I do think, very sad, uh, mamoketi Pakeng um, said that, in in her estimation, there's probably around 500 million rand's damage yeah, there.
1: I know. My it's, heart is uh, it's really, finished.
2: really sad. And if you look at, you know, but that's I think I think you're on the right path. I think we need to be asking these questions. And the um, city
1: must come to help the homeless, and they are yep. not allowed to make fire on the mountain anymore. Finished.
2: Here we go. Sorry. <laughs> okay, thank, silly, you, thank, thank you. you, Silly, Thank you, in Camps Bay. Let's go to Tutuzelli and Kailicha. Hi, Tutuzelli.
3: Hi, hi, How Are you well, sir? No, I'm fine under the circumstances, you
2: Kino. Talk to me. <laughs> well, well, what? Talk to me. What's happening?
3: Yeah, you Kino. I, 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 uh, now that there's this polago about uh, the Matigizela fortification of the qualifications. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, I just want to speak about my own experience there. You know, I I left the 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 public service uh, in 2016. There, okay, yeah. and then my my qualification to my horror this year, and then I went to the private sector. Now this. Uh, in the beginning of this year, yeah. I went. I, w- I went back to the public service there. To my horror, I found out in the in the, in the official data in the public uh, in the uh, my, my qualification has been uh, tampered with
2: the... Oh how? Ah, what did they do? In in, in, in where at, at the in
3: the public sector? In the public sector, yes. What did they in, say? In
2: the... what, what did they? <laughs> how did they tamper with your qualification?
3: they the, the the for instance the, the the major subject that that i did at the at the university has have been changed mm. for instance i i have never been pump, plumbing and and metal shooting but it's some it's a major that i got in my degree yes. i've never heard of of something like that okay it, I, it, when i try to 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 bring to to their attention there with the affidavit guy the yeah. so they say that they cannot change it there Oh, no. I brought the certificate with me there, and to show them there, and but they said they cannot do it, with they cannot do nothing about it. No oh, man, no, but they should. Which department is this? It's the Western Cape Education Department.
2: Okay, so
3: human resources.
2: Okay, so I mean that's something we need to take up with them. So why don't you just uh, take Tutazelli's, uh or Tutazelli's, uh details, and uh, let's even take it up with the MEC. I think you know qualifications. You also don't want to get yourself into trouble when people say, "Ah, oh, but according to these people, this is what you have," and now you're coming here, and that's not what's on your certificate. And heaven forbid. <laughs> Uh, heaven uh, 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 up because,
3: yeah. because i've been applying left right center there I, yes. I, I, I've been, I, I, I' i i've been called in who knows that because when they when they verify that they find that the yeah. Oops, where isn't
2: Tutazelli? is now left. I oh, no, we lost that call. Uh, but Tutazelli must get that right before he runs for mayor eventually. That could end up uh, nasty. Uh, it is 9.15. What's in your mind? What would you like to talk about? This is Today. I am Kino Cummings, and I'm with you all the way through until midday. So, yeah, just give us a call. Let's talk about it. Um, there are some things that I'm going to play um, that I'm going that, to that, that, Audio that I that I normally put together, so we'll be giving some of that a spin. As a matter of fact, uh, there's this well-known journalist, or well, we should call him interviewer, interviewer um, called Mehdi, and I found this on TikTok. It was him <laughs> interviewing Baleka Mbete, you know, the former disgraceful Speaker of Parliament. Well, anyway, he interviewed her about South Africa and our standing in the world. Take a listen to this. Don't laugh.
4: It's been 25 years since the end of apartheid. There's no doubt your country has come a long way in that time. But at the same time, the sad reality, many would say, is that the past decade of ANC rule has been a lost and wasted decade, hasn't it?
5: No. Because for me, even every difficulty, every mistake...
4: Every failure
5: is a lesson, and therefore it's an opportunity to do better.
4: So it hasn't been a lost decade? No. in No. Because that's the view of Cyril Ramaphosa, the current ANC president of South Africa. I he called it agree. a lost and wasted decade. I don't agree. But it isn't just the president who said that. Others have gone much further than him. Uh, the Nelson Mandela Foundation has talked about the systematic looting that has taken place in South Africa. Archbishop Desmond Tutu said as far back as 2011 that the ANC was, quote, worse than the apartheid government because he said, at least you were expecting it with the apartheid government. It's pretty damning.
5: It is, and I remember that moment when the bishop said that. And uh, when we meet him, he doesn't really sound like that. I'm saying, Mehdi, wrong things have happened. Yes. People have done wrong things. But that doesn't mean it's all lost. It's all gloom.
4: The ANC will be remembered for fighting for racial equality. Uh, But in economic terms, when we talk about inequality, the World Bank says that South Africa today is the most unequal nation on earth. That's a pretty embarrassing title for your country to hold, isn't it? I must say it is very harsh. But I wonder
5: whether it's not an exaggeration. I really think that... We must see both good and bad. It can be said by the World Bank. The World Bank is not God, and therefore, just because they have said it, I mean, to be fair, it's
4: not between God and the World Bank. It's like, no, sure. I mean, those are extremes. They are an institution that studies yes, this stuff. Yes, sure. I'm not sure they have some anti-South Africa agenda. But they, they are human the beings, and your country came bottom. They are human that. beings. I don't. So believe you don't accept their verdict?
1: Is
5: what I you're don't saying. believe so. And we must keep. Improving on what we discover is a weakness that we have. And is corruption and we, one of those
4: big weaknesses? You
5: corruption mean? is one of the reasons why we have the commission that is going on. Where we are saying, let it all come out. Mm. Because we need to know what is
4: wrong, how wrong it is, who did what. You're acting like you were a passer-by or an observer. You were in the thick of all of this. In the ANC, you were the chair, you were the speaker in parliament, you were the deputy president. This happened on your watch, hence these questions. So, for example, back in 2017, your ANC colleague Praveen Gordon was sacked as finance minister by then-president Jacob Zuma. He said at the time...
2: Well, there you go. That was uh, Mechia's son, of course, on MSNBC, uh, doing an interview with Baleka Mbete. That is what's ruled this country. The ilk of Baleka Mbete, who stood by while we were being looted. And now she wants to compare the World Bank with God. Let me tell you one thing. Let me tell you one thing. As long as she is part of the ruling party, there's no way under this God-given blue sky that I could ever vote for the African National Congress, ever. They have betrayed us. Anyway, I just thought I'd give you a little bit of comedy in the morning. And then there was a Steve Jobs interview that was done um, you know, around hiring the right people. I knew Apple was going to be a big business, and they decided they would hire the right people to manage the organization. Let's take a listen to what he said.
0: We went through that stage in Apple where we went out and we thought, oh, we're going to be a big company, let's hire professional management. We went out and hired a bunch of professional management. It didn't work at all. Most of them were bozos. They they knew how to manage, but they didn't know how to do anything. And so wh- if you're a great person, why do you want to work for somebody that you can't learn anything from? Uh, and you know what's interesting? You know who the best managers are? They're the great individual contributors who never, ever want to be a manager but decide they have to be a manager because no one else is going to be able to do as good a job as them.
2: Is that your experience when it comes to leading organizations? That is, of course, Steve Jobs, the the dearly departed Steve Jobs, co-founder of Apple. It is 9.20. What else is on your agenda? What else would you like to talk about? Let's take a listen to some of the voice notes that you've sent in as well. Corin, thank you very much for sending your voice note.
0: Great start to the show, Kino. I think we need some environmental scientists on board today. Both of my older children are qualified in environmental science, and I do think that a young environmentalist who works within the industry would be a very good person to have on the show to talk about what we can do to coordinate efforts to prevent this ever happening again
2: absolutely um i'm i'm yeah i'm very wary to point fingers in any direction but there are enough questions to warrant answers through an investigation um of this particular fire how, did, how were you affected by it by the way how were you affected by it i mean i had a friend who said um well <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say this, but I will. So now I'm not going to give students any money. Their parents are rich enough to send them to university. I'm rather going to give money towards the firefighters. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what your take is on that, um, but I reckon you know some 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 of those students aren't rich. Um, some of them are there, and their parents are just basically breaking their backs. And now to be on the street, a lot of them have parents that are in other countries, um, including Johannesburg, um, and and you know. Yeah, I think, I, think I disagreed. I said I think we need to have compassion for these young people who have now been stuck. Uh, but, yeah, it's not only about the fire. It could be about a myriad of other things that you would like to talk about. You know what to do. You pick up the phone. You dial in on 21 and WhatsApp on 072-567-1567. Kate talk. Cape Talk. The open line.
1: Call 021-446-0567.
2: We're going to wrap up this open line with your calls this morning. Um, you know, students is, and the fire is, is one thing that I've put out there. Some people are going, yeah, but why must we help these students? They come from rich families. I don't think that's true. I don't think all of them do. And even if they do come from families where they have means, um, surely it is up to us to see how we can assist, whether people have money or not. doesn't really make a difference as far as I'm concerned. But Bronwyn in Kenilworth, hi there.
0: Hi, hello. How are you? I'm very
2: good. And yourself?
0: Good. Well, thank you. Um, That comment that you made really struck a chord with me. Um, I have a neighbor who is employed at the university as part of the um, academic bridging program. A lot of the the children who who come to study at UCT come from schools that are just not academically um, up to par with with first-year university studies. And she was saying that um, they are pretty much all on financial support they're on bursaries and so their fees are covered and they get given a small amount for living expenses and the number of them who come from situations of such poverty that the living expenses are sent back home to support the family because they're now at university and achieving
1: mm.
0: and they, they they're starving <laughs> literally yeah. trying to, to to do a feeding program yeah. and then I remember watching um the, the documentary that was made about christmas fall at, at wits university mm. and um the thing that resonated with me most is that at a world-class leading university there were approximately 1200 students standing in line every day in what exactly. amounted to a exactly. scheme. Exactly. um and the university is part of our community. These children are going to be our future leaders. They're going to – we need to support them. We need to really come together, and it's been great to see those who have. So, yeah, thanks so much.
2: Thank you so much for that, Bronwyn. You know, I think I think it's important for us to realize that. And we, we make these broad-brush statements about, um, you know, because someone happens to go to a top-tier university, they must be rich. But we don't understand the nuances involved in that, and I think it is so important uh, what you raise, right? But but listen, even if people have money, are we going to divide our compassion based on whether you have money or not? (laughs) It's just... I don't operate like that i'm I'm like if you if you're in if you're in assistance people ask me to assist with with home Affairs stuff um, yes. just, just because a person happens to be the CEO of a a big company and I'm thinking oh well you can pay your own lawyer I'm not going to do that I'm going to assist you because sure. you need assistance so I, our
0: resources it's the best yeah. thing we can do and I, and I'm not saying don't support the firefighters please do they're incredible um, you know but but don't say one is better than the other yeah. um we we do need to share our resources as best we can whether it's cash yeah. or knowledge or time 90%. um yeah Thank you. What a wonderful
2: call, Bronwyn. Have a wonderful Thanks. day today, okay? You That's Bye-bye. Bronwyn N. Kenilworth. I think a wonderful, wonderful call. We'll continue opening up the lines throughout the show. Um, you might want to comment on something that you've heard. Um, I was telling you about what a, a friend of mine said, and I vehemently disagreed. The friend said, well, you know, students, why must I give money to students? They've got rich parents. No, they don't. Not all of them do. And even if they are from well-off parents and their parents are in other parts of the world, in other countries like Johannesburg, then how in the world do we not assist? What would happen if it were your kid that were stuck somewhere and needed assistance? You'd be most grateful, no matter how much money you've got in the bank, you'd be most grateful if someone in the area gave and just lent your kid a hand. So I always internalize things and say, well, you know, someone else's kid could be my kid. And what would I want someone else to do? Just me. Maybe I'm just a softie. Maybe I'm getting older and I'm softening up and I don't care. So who I am.